We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks for Sports Illustrated on Fan Nation. Welcome into your Saturday edition of the podcast. This is the Oregon Rundown, a new segment that I'm bringing to the podcast and to the YouTube channel where I run through some of the top Oregon stories um, that are kind of circulating right now. Um, you know, usually within the past 24 hours or so or on the current day that we're recording. Um, so hope you guys enjoy this segment and uh, it's something that I can do a little bit more consistently here on the channel. Uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus, thanks so much for stopping by. Kindly ask that you do me a favor and uh, hit the subscribe button and then also smash that like button. It is a tremendous help for us. And then if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, glad to have you here talking some ducks today. Go ahead and please give us a five-star review just so you can uh, you know, help spread the word and uh, you know support the podcast. Our first story of the day. It is kind of the big story from yesterday that I just wanted to make sure I hit on again. Talked about a little bit. That is Chase Coda, the former UCLA wide receiver and South Medford native, will be returning to his home state of Oregon to play his final season of college football with the Ducks in Eugene after spending the last four seasons in Westwood. Coda will have one year of eligibility. And just to kind of give you some of my thoughts on uh, what this addition means for Oregon, I think it's really crucial that they bring in. Um, that they bring in a receiver with experience, you know, give them that, give the room that veteran presence. I think, you know, I was talking about this yesterday in our Friday flock talk episode, um, which is when I went much more in depth on CODA's commitment uh, with Ryan Winter, Sports Chat 503. Definitely go check that out if you guys haven't already. But we talked about how youth isn't necessarily a bad thing with this uh, wide receiver room. I think if you look at the youth that uh, you have with Troy Franklin, Dante Thornton, Chris Hudson, Isaiah Brevard, guys like that, and then the youth with Kenny Dillingham and how people are excited that he's hopefully going to innovate with this offense and, and you know reinvigorate, put some life back into this Oregon offense, especially through the passing game. I think that it's, it's good to have the youth in that regard. But when you look at losing wide receivers that had a lot of experience uh, with Johnny Johnson and Jalen Red, and then you also have Devin Williams, who was the team's number one wide receiver last year, heading off to the NFL draft. Uh, it definitely makes sense to, to bring a guy like Chase Coda in, uh, especially after you missed on him coming out of high school in the 2018 class. He was the number two player in the state of Oregon. 
grew up watching Chip Kelly and the Ducks, so it did kind of make sense at the time for him to take his talents to UCLA. But um, makes a lot of sense with him being an Oregon legacy after his dad played here to uh, come back to Eugene and uh, ultimately, you know, come home, right? You know, that's kind of the one of the cool parts about the transfer portal is that it uh, gives kids an opportunity to come back home. Um, you know, there's obvious downsides to the transfer portal, right? You know, you have thousands of kids in the transfer portal right now, players that, that are ultimately not going to be able to find a home at some point just because it's overflowing and there's way more people in the transfer portal than there are available scholarships on these rosters. So kind of just final remarks on Coda. I, I really like the move. Um, he, he brings some good speed and size as well to this Oregon wide receiver room at 6'3", 209 pounds. Um, I think that you probably would have liked to have seen a little bit more production from him last year in 2021. He only had one touchdown reception that came against uh, LSU at the beginning of the year. I believe he had somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 850 receiving yards. So you saw some good production there, um, especially compared to what we saw at Oregon. Nobody hit 1,000 yards receiving for, for Oregon last year. So uh, glad that uh, the Ducks were able to add a, a wide receiver from the transfer portal, You know, figure it was a move that they needed to make all off season. And um, it definitely makes sense that they were able to uh, grab Coda and uh, definitely going to be a solid addition for them. And, and certainly a guy that uh, kind of projects to be able to contribute right away. All right. Switching gears to our next story. This one is a little more recent coming in Saturday morning. It uh, there are, uh, there's a report from on threes, Matt Zenitz that uh, Dan Landon and the Oregon ducks are set to hire Brent Jackson as a defensive graduate assistant who will work with the defensive backs uh, here in Eugene at the University of Oregon. Brent Jackson comes after spending the 2021 season with Auburn. And um, he also, while he was at Auburn, he helped develop Roger McCreary, who was a first team all SEC defensive back, earning those honors in 2021. A little bit more background here on Brent Jackson. Before he was at Auburn, he spent uh, four seasons at, uh, sorry, he was at Illinois uh, as an analyst. And then before that, he spent four years as a quality control coach at Louisiana. And he is originally from Lafayette, Louisiana. So Ducks getting some ties in a really, really talented state. Uh, if you look at, you know, um, UL Lafayette with the Raging Cajuns, they were, you know, dominating that conference uh, under Billy Napier before he got uh, hired away to the University of Florida. So uh, I think this is a, is a solid addition. You know, you can't say too much now, obviously, because there's a lot of time before we can see what the defensive backs ultimately look like, whether it be in spring ball or at the spring game. But I think uh, there's something to be said about adding people from the SEC. You know, Auburn isn't the, the gold standard, I would say, but the SEC is definitely the gold standard of college football. And um, I don't think that you can call a hire successful just because somebody comes from the SEC. But clearly, uh, SEC teams know what they're doing. They know how to get the most out of their players. And I, I feel like Auburn has a pretty solid tradition with uh, defensive backs. And, um, you know, with Jackson, I think it, it'll be good to, to add another mind uh, to, to work in the secondary with the likes of Demetrius Martin and Matt Powledge, uh, particularly because you have such a young secondary with the Ducks, right? You know, you lose Mikael Wright and DJ James. Those are not going to be super easy guys to replace. You bring in Christian Gonzalez, which is great. We all, I can't forget about Barone McKinley losing him, consensus All-American safety. Basically, what I'm just kind of trying to get at here is I feel like with how young Oregon's secondary is, uh, it only helps to bring in uh, another mind here to uh, kind of try to fine-tune things. And, you know, with how young the staff is, I think some of these younger coaches are, are definitely a good thing to, to have 
because they can relate to the players better and they can also relate to uh, recruits better. Um, maybe I shouldn't say better, but I think it does really help in, in that department. So, um, yeah, again, that report coming from On3's Matt Zenitz. Oregon has not uh, confirmed or announced that hire in any kind of official capacity, but we kind of caught first wind of it after we saw that report coming out this morning. So definitely worth talking about here on the episode of the pod with uh, kind of some football news that we can work in here during the off season. So that's our second story here on the Oregon rundown. And we are going to switch gears to basketball uh, right after I take this uh, little sip of water here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So talking about Oregon men's basketball, switching over to hoops now. The Ducks are getting ready to head to Tucson. Um, They were already in the desert. Uh, They played against Arizona State on Thursday. Just got absolutely embarrassed, 81 to 57. You know, Arizona State was a pretty mediocre team. You know, definitely a must-win game for the Ducks. And I think losing that game has really put them in the position where I think they have to win. uh, They have to win the Pac-12 tournament to have any chance of going dancing in March. Um, I feel like that loss against Arizona State kind of really killed their at-large hopes. So Ducks are really going to need to get a win. Um, you know, I think even if you don't win this game, you just hope to see some signs of some fight, some fire. I feel like that's really what this team has been lacking. Been super, super inconsistent. But just like you just want to see a team that, that looks like they want to be there, that looks like, you know, they're like, hey, the season isn't going the way we want to, but we still got a chance to play, to get better, to show that we're serious and that we're competitors. And uh, that's ultimately, I think, what you want to see here. Uh, out of this team going up against a really talented opponent in the Arizona Wildcats. Looking at the Arizona Wildcats on paper this year, top team in the Pac-12 ranked number three in the country with a 23-2 and record, 13-1 and in the Pac-12 so far this year. They're riding a seven-game win streak and are 14-0 and at home in Tucson at the McHale Center. So Ducks are looking to kind of shake things up, maybe deliver that first loss uh, on the year. 
for uh for this team but i think one of the big matchups that you got to figure you know definitely deserves to to be watched has to be uh will richardson versus uh benedict mathurin uh will richardson is definitely the the best player on this oregon team but he hasn't been having too much success lately he's kind of you know in a, in a rough spot and the ducks really need him to step up and you know I wouldn't say shoulder the uh, scoring load, but just take more shots, be more aggressive. Dane Alton was talking about that after they had that really close win over Washington State. Um, so they're going to need to get the three ball going. Definitely a, a rough shooting performance uh, of late for the Ducks. But to kind of just look at some numbers for Benedict Mathurin, he's the top scorer for the Arizona Wildcats, averaging 17.2 points per game, shooting 36.9% from three-point range. And then he, uh, let's see here, he's got a, a total of 144 rebounds on the season, good for 5.8 a game. This is a guy who's really, really explosive, good at getting to the rim. So you got to figure that the Ducks have to be uh, have to be careful that they don't get in foul trouble in this game, uh, seeing that they have a guy in Mathurin who, who likes to attack the rim as much as he does. Um, and then, you know, just looking at Tommy Lloyd, he's having a, a, a tremendous amount of success in his first year. Uh, as a head coach after spending the past couple years, the, I shouldn't say past couple years, he was in Spokane with uh, the Gonzaga Bulldogs for what felt like forever as an assistant under Mark Few. And clearly he he uh, w- was a really valuable piece of that staff. And he's got the, uh, got the Wildcats playing some really, really high level basketball. But to kind of just look at the stretch that Oregon's coming off of, man, it's, it's hard to have too much confidence in, in the Ducks, you know, in this game, you know, we talked about uh, the game against Washington State, a game that they really almost blew at the at the very end down the stretch. You know, they were up nine points with about a minute to go. And then Washington State scores six points in the span of 14 seconds. And then you're holding your breath as a Duck fan, holding that, hoping that they can pull that one out. Uh, so that was a super ugly game and not really they didn't look like they wanted to. Uh, and then just before the Washington State game, you had Cal come up here and uh, win their first game, and I believe it was seven or eight years in Eugene, and the Ducks just looked awful in that game. Um, and that was a team that I think was at the bottom of the Pac-12, you know, really should have been a shoe-in for, for a win for the Ducks, and, and they just didn't show up in that game. Uh, and then, like I said, the Arizona State game definitely didn't go how, how they wanted it to. It was really tough. I think about the, the press conference that Dan Altman had after that game when he was talking about, you know, I'm probably going to get some calls from former players, kind of just asking what's going on. Like, this isn't the Oregon team that we're used to. You know, if you haven't been watching Oregon for a while, I feel like kind of the, the, the norm for Ducks basketball under Dan Altman is that they're playing their best hoops uh, at you know, the, the most crucial part of the season in March, you know, kind of as we're here, I remember covering this team last year and uh, Arizona and UCLA were playing really good basketball uh, towards the end of the season. And the Ducks welcomed them to uh, Matthew Knight Arena uh, for kind of their final stretch of home games, kind of like we're at right now. And they got those really big wins. But uh, man, I mean, that Arizona State game felt like the last one that was really, you know, winnable. Um, not to say that this one isn't, you know, maybe they'll surprise Arizona, but you got Arizona and then you also have uh, USC at home uh, coming up to Eugene, I should say. And then you also have UCLA coming up to Eugene. So it's not really getting any easier for the Ducks as uh, the games become more and more important. You just try to, you got to figure that you want to try to get Will, Will Richardson in a groove, just play some cohesive basketball. I feel like we really haven't been seeing that lately. So I think even though this is a rough stretch for the Ducks down the, this, these, last couple home games here um, or last couple games of the regular season, I should say, you just want to see that there's, 
that the team's heading in the right direction, right? As you get ready to go to Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament, Ducks will be facing the Arizona Wildcats at 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN. So if you guys are looking for updates there, you can or how to watch, rather, you can uh, head on over to ESPN, and then we'll have a, a recap story as well and, and some press conferences uh, on this YouTube channel as well as uh, Ducks Digest. So definitely there are your places to uh, to stay tuned for any updates. I'm going to plug in my laptop here before we get to our kind of last segment here of the show. Of course, my charger is super tangled, so just give me a second and bear with me. All right, got to plug this thing in, and then we will be good to resume the show. Talked about the men. Now we are talking about Oregon women's basketball, who just narrowly escaped an absolutely disastrous game against the California Golden Bears at home in Eugene. Ducks get a really close win, 52-47. to uh, And, man, it was a rough, rough shooting night for the Ducks. You know, the biggest stat that I think a lot of people were kind of kind of latching on to, 0 for 16 from three-point range, which was really brutal. I mean, Kelly Graves in that uh, in that post-game press conference, I, I've covered him, you know, for a couple of years now, and, and I've never seen him like that in, in a press conference. You should definitely go check that out on my YouTube channel if you guys haven't already seen it. I mean, just the the vibe felt like it was a game that they lost. And he was saying that I've never, never, ever had a team go over 16 on me or, yeah, like shoot like that and and still win a game. Um, So it's just something that we really haven't seen. And uh, he was asked if there were any positives to take away from the game, even though it was an ugly game. And he was saying there were no positives to take away from it. Graves called the shoot around before the game god awful. And he talked about how the team needs time to work on us and they just don't have it. Um, you know, you look at the the stretch that the Ducks have kind of uh, had with their, their schedule lately. You had Oregon State on Sunday and then um, then you had UCLA come to town on Wednesday, I believe it was. Let me see if I can. I want to double check, check the schedule to make sure that I'm saying that right. So just give me a second here. Okay, so you went to Corvallis to play Oregon State a week ago. Or sorry, just about a week ago. You win that game. Then you have Oregon State come to town on Sunday on the 13th. And then you have a little bit of time to get ready for UCLA, which you win in pretty convincing fashion. And then just you only have one day to prepare for Cal. That game was really ugly, but you got the win. And then you got the game against Stanford coming up tomorrow. Uh, so it just feels like this team just really isn't consistent. That's another thing that Graves mentioned in his uh, press conference. He was saying it's just super volatile, um, you know, just really, really hot and cold with this team right now. And if you look at Cal, they were two and seven in, in conference. So definitely a game that, that they should have won, you know, pretty handedly. Um, and Graves was talking about how the team needs somebody who who can get inside and who can, get fouled or get to the line. And they don't have that right now. They don't have a consistent lineup right now either. So just in that press conference, he was kind of talking about some more pieces that they don't have right now that they're really lacking. But uh, as far as Stanford, they're coming to town on Sunday. They're coming off a huge win, uh, beating Oregon state 87 to 63 in Corvallis. That was their 14th win in a row. So they're riding a 14 game win streak coming into Eugene. They haven't lost on the hardwood since December when they lost to South Carolina, which is a huge power in uh, women's basketball. If you guys are big women's basketball fans, you know how talented South Carolina is. Um, but it's just tough when you look at this team, because I feel like there is a lot of talent, but um, you know, it, it just feels like they don't have it all together, but 
with all that being said, um, you know, how it's kind of been a, a rough stretch for Oregon hoops. There was some good news that came out today for the Ducks. That is that Sedona Prince announced that she will be returning for the 2022 to 2023 season um, in Eugene. I'm trying to see if I can uh, pull up her, if she had any kind of a graphic. She said, Sco Ducks, I'll be back next season to pr- pursue my master's degree and a national championship. I love you, Duck family, and I'm excited to be coming back. Here's to another. So really valuable piece for the Ducks to be getting back uh, even next year. Um, you know, I, th- I think one of the biggest differences between the men and the women is that the women are more or less, I feel like, a shoe-in to at least go dancing uh, this this March. Um, but either way, getting Sedona Prince back is, is certainly some good news and definitely kind of has been one of the faces of this team. When you're looking at some of her stats right now, she's averaging 9.3 points per game, 4.4 uh, rebounds per game, and she's leading the team in blocks with 33. Another reason that this is newsworthy to pass along is because the Stanford game will serve as the senior day game with it being the last home game of the regular season, I believe, for the Ducks. Shannon Dufasi and Yara Savley uh, are going to be honored. So um, you kind of figure that that means, you would think at least, I don't want to say for sure, but you would think that that means that uh, Yara Savley, who's the leading scorer for the Ducks right now, is, is uh, potentially in her last season uh, with the Ducks. But when I checked the roster, it said she was a redshirt junior. So I'm not exactly sure if um, if she is going to – I'm not sure what the future holds for her as far as next season goes, whether that is indeed her final season with the Ducks because you think she has been here for a long time, but she's battled injury for most, much of her career with the Ducks, which is, which is unfortunate. But Prince coming back is, is definitely going to be a boost. Um, you know, you kind of have a better idea of what the roster is looking like in the next year. It sounds weird to kind of be thinking about that already when we're not even in March Madness, but uh, you figure you'll have her and Pow Pow back. So that's been a really good combo for the Ducks this year. And um, let's see some of the other games that the Ducks have left on their schedule after Stanford tomorrow. So the Ducks have Stanford tomorrow, ranked number two in the country at 1 p.m., that's at Matthew Knight Arena here in Eugene if you want to watch it. That's on ESPN2, and then you can listen to the radio call on Oregon Sports Network. And then looking ahead to next week, Ducks hit the road for a mountain road trip, play against Colorado on February 23rd, which is a Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And then they uh, have their last game of the regular season uh, before the Pac-12 tournament against Utah in Salt Lake City. That's February 26th, so a week from today at 12 p.m., that one's on Pac-12 Oregon. So those are kind of the, the main updates that I wanted to hit on here in the Oregon Rundown for Saturday, February 19th, 2022. I'm your host, Max Torres. Thank you guys so much for watching. Kindly ask that you go ahead and subscribe to the channel and share the podcast, share the show with uh, other Duck fans. That's the best way you guys can support us. But uh, that's all we have for this one, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in and supporting the podcast. And we will see you guys in the next one. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.